Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Feedback showed TRT clinics in the UK are massively upcharging on medication and delivery whilst providing poor client support. Founder of the Mojo Clinic, Sam Cook, has revolutionized the TRT industry in the United Kingdom. Finally, a service where you, the patient, are at the forefront. The Mojo Clinic is transparent with all costs, ensures patient access to medications at normal pharmacy prices at a pharmacy that you choose, building a community experience with quality support throughout your journey. Check out the Mojo Clinic today to experience the best TRT in the UK. www.themojoclinic.com This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT Community, host of All Things Testosterone. Today, we're talking about compounded medication, changes uh, proposed by the United States Pharmacopeia uh, that the FDA is likely to adopt and um, hold these 503B pharmacies to a different standard. We're going to talk about how they can affect us, how they will affect us, um, and the changes that we can expect. And I'm I'm going to be joined today by a fellow, an expert. So before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about what we do, who we are. Um, I said I'm the founder of the TRT community. We are the world's largest social media-based support group for testosterone patients or men and women considering undergoing testosterone replacement therapy. Uh, we have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash TRT community. We've got this podcast. We um, we do various things. We offer support, advice. We obviously on the podcast, we chat with experts and doctors and whatnot. Within the Facebook group, we basically can uh, connect you with doctors. We can offer, and I say we, it's patients helping patients. So, so it's everybody that's a member helping everybody that's a member. It's not like I'm some expert there that answers all these questions. So you can find us online at testosteronepodcast.com or facebook.com slash groups slash TRT community. So compounded medications. Compounding means creating a customized medication, most often from raw ingredients uh, and most often for an individual patient pursuant to a prescription. Doctor writes prescription, even if that is for a very standard medication, but you need a very small dose, that can be a compounded medication. In our case, we're talking about HCG. That's the most commonly used compounded medication that TRT patients use. Compounding pharmacies are subject to various regulating bodies and need advocates to ensure they can continue to serve the patients they serve in the way that they need to be served. So that brings us to the APC. The Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding is the voice for compounding pharmacies, and they represent compounding pharmacies and technicians in 503A and 503B pharmacy settings. Within the past few years, there's been a lot of talk about the medications we use regularly. Testosterone was under fire some years ago, and more recently, HCG is under fire. You need to understand, guys, that the threat to HCG is very real. There's a We're in real danger of losing this medication and or it could become much more expensive and difficult to attain. I feel like we're already feeling this. You guys have seen it. It's, you know, 
I don't know, 60, 70% more expensive than it was. And there's wait lists and most, most clinics can't even get it anymore. Uh, in fact, I think Matrix Hormones is the only clinic I can think of off the top of my head that does still have it. So check out matrixhormones.com if uh, you're looking for HCG. Today I'm chatting with Scott Brenner. Scott is the CEO of the Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding, and we're going to get the lowdown from him. So without further ado, here is my chat with Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I appreciate you joining me. Um, I don't know, I guess, a little bit about what we're doing over here because we're kind of the advocate for patients, and it seems like you're kind of the advocate for the pharmacies. So um, podcasts, we've got a social network a social network group where we're just basically patients helping patients. We bounce TRT-related ideas off of each other. Um, so I thought, you know, when I stumbled upon that invite to your webinar a few weeks ago, I thought it would be really great to have you on and maybe have you speak to a, a different audience. Maybe there's something we can do as individuals to, to get behind you guys and to help. Um, I've introduced you already and talked a little bit about the APC itself, but why don't you give us the lowdown? How did you get into this line of work? Well, I've, I've worked for trade associations my entire career. Uh, I came to the Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding uh, after a number of years working in pharmacy associations. So I was the CEO of the Georgia Pharmacy Association. I worked for community pharmacists, the National Community Pharmacist Association, for uh, several years, um, who represent independent pharmacies, the pharmacy on Main Street uh, in any town USA. Uh, compounders are in those towns as well, and it's um, what compounders do is make a customized medication that is especially formulated um, on the order of a prescriber. A doctor's written a prescription for it uh, for a specific uh, patient. That's what our members do, and we have about a thousand of them uh, across America. Okay, very cool. So, you know, we as TRT user, users know what these are, how they affect us, the HCGs of the world. And, you know, listening to your webinar a few weeks ago, there's there's a ton of them. You know, it's veterinarians that are affected, animals and eye drops and, and all, I mean, it just a huge range. Um, we're also aware that the, the TRT users' medications have been under scrutiny for some time. Started with testosterone some years ago, now more recently HCG. Um I guess, can you run us through what's going on with the, the USP and the all the regulations, proposals? Well, there are a number of assaults on pharmacy compounding in general, specifically related, though, to compounded hormones um, and to some of the standards that compounding pharmacies must adhere to uh, in terms of patient safety. Uh, we are huge advocates for patient safety. I mean, uh, our members don't have a practice if they are not protecting their patients. And yet again and again, we're seeing agencies that are overreaching and over-regulating a profession with very little evidence that what they're doing actually impacts the patient uh, on, on the other end. It's almost like excruciating safety for excruciating safety's sake. A couple of issues. You mentioned uh, USP. USP is the U.S. Pharmacopeia. They are the standard-setting body um, for medicine in general, but certainly for compounding. And they have oversight over several chapters in that uh, compendium, that Pharmacopeia, 
that almost every state, if not every state, uh, adopts as the rules for pharmacy compounding in their state. And so most recently, they, they have proposed changes uh, to a couple of chapters, one related to sterile compounding, one related to non-sterile compounding, that have been offered in the interest of increasing patient safety, and yet there's very little science to demonstrate that that would be the effect of it. Hmm. Ultimately, the outcome for patients uh, who utilize compounded medications, and as you say, it may be um, uh, hormone replacement therapy, it might be an, an autism medication specially formulated for a child, it might be a, a veterinary formulation. The result of these proposals would require pharmacists to make more batches rather than larger batches. And as a result, there's going to be increased cost. If you have to go into the clean room four times to make four different formulations when you could have done it all at once, there's more opportunity for contamination. There's more opportunity for, for, for mistake. And so we say, how does that actually help the patient? It seems like it would have just the opposite effect. The other implication, a profound implication of what USP is proposing uh, would be to limit what are called, uh, I don't want to get too too technical, but they're called beyond use dates. It's in, in, in compounding, that is the date after which a formulation cannot be used, as you might uh, e e expect. It's, it's inexact, but it's sort of like the best it purchased by date on milk, except with <laughs> compounded preparations, you must not use them after that date. Well, in not allowing pharmacy compounders to set those beyond use dates based on actual science, what we would end up requiring is that a patient's going to have to have more refills more frequently. Sure. And more, more refills more frequently is going to result in more cost. How does that help the patient, particularly since the restrictions that USP is proposing are largely arbitrary? They're, they're, no one can demonstrate any science that says the patient is going to be protected in this way uh, by this action. So, so that that's one, and it's a big one. Uh, USP is asking for comments. Uh, our organization, the American Pharmacists Association, a number of of, of healthcare organizations uh, will be commenting, and we're, we're we're hopeful that USP will listen. Because, as I've said, USP doesn't set law; they can't require anything, but their standards are adopted by pretty much every state in the country. So, how did they get there? That, how did they get to that position? If they're not like uh, an official regulating body, how are they so highly, their opinion so highly sought? Well, uh, the U.S. pharmacopoeia is highly respected. They've been around for 100 or more years. They are the entity that determine everything from weights and measures to the names of drugs. Wow. So when you see that crazy commercial with some new created word for uh, a, a drug, generally speaking, the U.S. Pharmacopeia would have had a hand in determining uh, and categorizing uh, those, those, those drugs, drug names. So highly credible, and I don't want to suggest um, that there's some fly-by-night op op operation. I firmly believe that USP is being pressured uh, by federal agencies uh, to enact some of these standards uh, in a way that is, is sort of unlike USP because they usually do rely very heavily uh, on, the, on, on the science. The other concern I want to mention to you, though, is the much bigger one, frankly, 
And that is from FDA and not from USP. FDA is insinuating, threatening restrictions on compounded hormones, and certainly testosterone therapy would be uh, in that in that mix. They're basing those restrictions on a report that FDA itself commissioned. They called independent. They said it was a third party and that there was no bias. And yet we've done Freedom of Information Act requests. And it's very clear that FDA manipulated the process. Uh, There were conflicts of interest. The, The folks on the panel who studied compounded hormones had very little expertise in compounded hormone therapy, either as prescribers or uh, as compounders, uh, pharmacists, et et cetera. Uh, And the study itself, the report that was released, only focuses on four um, compounded hormones, and yet it proposes across-the-board restrictions on all hormones. Well, we're concerned because millions and millions of Americans benefit from compounded hormone therapy. And if FDA is going to look at compounded hormones, we think that's one thing. Basing it on a manipulated report is not at all the way to do it. And so we've launched a campaign. If you go to compounding.com, you'll find probably more than you care to know uh, about the assault on compounded hormone therapy and what we're trying to do to combat it. Um, we uh, At compounding.com, you'll see thousands of testimonials from patients, men, women, uh, folks in the transgender community uh, about how they've benefited. In many instances, how lives have not, not just been changed, but saved because yeah. of compounded hormone therapy. And uh, we're asking patients to go there, tell their story and share that story with their member of Congress, because that's how this assault on this very valuable therapy um, will be defeated. It's by engaging Congress and getting members of Congress to push back against what we believe is FDA overreach. So do we have any idea, I guess, what is the APC's belief as to why the FDA would target hormones in general? Well, FDA has has had a long antipathy toward compounded hormones going back several years. Um, they would make make statements that said very clearly that um, they uh, well well FDA's general position overall is that they prefer uh, FDA approved manufactured drugs, and clearly that should be a prescriber's um, first option a manufactured drug that's gone through uh, good manufacturing practices, approved by the FDA, et cetera. But particularly related to hormones, those only come in certain dosage forms and dosage strengths. And those just don't, they're they're just not right for every patient. And so compounded hormone therapy has grown up. I think FDA is concerned. um, They're they're certainly concerned about safety. They're concerned about the potential uh, for adverse events. And yet there's just not a whole lot of evidence um, that there have been that many adverse events. And in fact, patient recorded uh, patient reported uh, outcomes related to compounded hormone therapy demonstrate that, as I say, millions of, of Americans are benefiting from it. Well, if I understand it correctly, evidence-based science is not really their main concern right now, right? Because currently, these pharmacies are allowed to use evidence-based data to extend these BUDs, right? And they're wanting to essentially remove that and add in the $30,000 per batch testing? 
Well, yeah, sort of. Um, they are they are requiring on the USP issue that you mentioned. Um, they are saying that certain formulations um, would require a sterility test that cost about thirty thousand um, dollars. There will be some pharmacies that can afford to do that, and and and, and will do that. Uh, I believe that their patients will see that in the bottom line on the cost of their medications. Um, but many compounding pharmacies are not going to be able to do that. And so those patients uh, and the prescribers who serve those patients are going to have to either look elsewhere or they're going to have to rely on manufactured drugs, uh, which frankly is FDA's preference, but may not be well suited to that patient. Yeah. And, and we're already feeling that. I mean, we're feeling the the smaller pharmacies that can't seem to keep up with what the FDA is wanting them to do regarding HCG specifically and that are just stopping, you know, it's, it's gone. You have to find yeah. it somewhere else. Well, you have to go with the FDA approved. Right. Well, and on, and on HCG in particular, um, that was the result of a federal law that took effect in March of 2020 and basically reclassified um, a substance that had been compounded for years and years and years uh, as a biologics, a, a biologic. And so now uh, it's overseen by a different uh, part of FDA, but the the effect on pharmacy compounding is that compounders can't compound it unless they have a biologics license, and that is a heavy bar to to achieve. What's Very the, few uh, have that. Yeah. What's the cost there? Do you know? Uh, it would be extraordinary. I mean, we're we're, we're talking multiple millions of dollars yeah. to be to be able to outfit uh, a facility to comply with what would be required uh, for that bio. That's what we felt in 2020. Is that what you said? Because there yeah, was that yeah, initial yeah. hit where it became harder to harder to yeah. get. Well, and here's the here's here's the here's the problem. We believe that that reclassification of HCG was inadvertent. We don't think there's some evil genius over there at FDA that's saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna really <laughs> dig them on on." Uh, HCG. It was a reclassification that was largely related to some insulins and some other things. It was legislation passed 10 years ago, and HCG was a part of that substrata of, of substances, got, got swept up in it. And so now that it's been reclassified, um, F FDA doesn't have any affection for compounded HCG, and so they don't really feel any compulsion to exercise enforcement discretion, et cetera. And so the only thing that can change that now is Congress. And the problem with the politics of the issue is that big pharma likes the idea that only the manufactured version of HCG uh, can be used. And they are, um, they, they, they would, they would fight yeah. uh, any legislation, any effort uh, to, to fix what was an inadvertent um, wrong, I think. So you alluded to, an interesting motivating factor that uh, I guess that USP would have to make these changes to the BUDs and the the class the categories and whatnot. Uh, can you go into detail on on maybe what that would be if it's not uh, in the best interest of the patient? What why why change everything now? Well, uh, I think USP and FDA would tell you that they do believe it is in the interest of the patient. I believe the science behind that. We believe the science behind that uh, is do we. Uh, at, at best, the beyond use states that they have said uh, uh, for these compounded medications, um, there's no science you can point to to say this is the proper proper amount of time. They're, they're arbitrary. And so how is a patient helped by an arbitrary uh, uh, date that's going to require them to have to go back to the pharmacy more often, spend more money, 
uh, for, 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 for the same for the same medication. Um, there is abundant pressure on USP from uh, FDA in particular, and FDA, in fact, is represented in uh, the, the, the inner workings of USP. They have a committee called the Compounding Expert Committee, and it is populated by genuine experts in chemistry and uh, pharmacology and uh, pharmacy, etc. But the FDA plays an advisory role on that committee, but but its role is really outsized because they have as many as a dozen FDA staffers that attend this meeting uh, and are allowed to weigh in. And so we believe that some of the pressure on USP to be as stringent as they are, uh, to 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 not be able to, to demonstrate uh, the scientific validity of some of the things they are suggesting is the result of pressure from FDA because FDA would love, has said clearly, it would love to marginalize um, compounded medications. Uh, again, remember that in the American healthcare system, rightly, there are three levels in the drug supply chain. A prescriber's first uh, uh, the, the, the first thing they should go to is a manufactured drug. If I've got uh, high blood pressure, uh, they're going to look and they're going to they're going to pick lisinopril if there's a dosage form that's right for me and my metabolism and, and and all of that. If that's not right, or if that drug is in shortage, the second level is uh, an organization called uh, called a 503B outsourcing facility that adheres to good manufacturing practices and in smaller volume can fill the gap when a drug is in shortage. Absent being able to get a drug from a 503B, then we go to 503A pharmacy compounders. That's the corner drugstore that does compounding, or it is a compounding only uh, pharmacy. And so we believe all three of those levels are important in the American healthcare system. FDA preferences in a way that we think marginalizes pharmacy compounding. They preference manufactured drugs and want to remind consumers again and again and again that compounded medications are not FDA approved. And it, it's, it's even more than insinuation. They will suggest to you, and therefore compounded medications may not be safe. Well, that that's that's a logical fallacy. Just because they're not FDA approved doesn't mean uh, they aren't safe. And in fact, Every compounding facility in the country adheres to USP standards, state laws, the, the, the ingredients, the active pharmaceutical ingredients that they work with to create a medication come from facilities that are FDA inspected. Uh, and so we, we think FDA is overreaching in some of their assertions um, and, and, and have, 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 have been in discussions with FDA uh, about how they characterize pharmacy compounding. We think they ought to be elevating pharmacy compounding as a, uh, a very important, essential even, um, tool in the American healthcare system. But again and again, their communication and their action would seek to marginalize it in a way that we think harms, harms patients. When patients can't access compounded medications in this country, it will be catastrophic in multiple ways. Does the F FDA profit when a patient is prescribed an FDA-approved medication? 
I don't know that they directly profit, but I do know that that pharmaceutical companies that are seeking new drug approvals pay certain fees that do fund FDA. Yeah. Uh, and it, it it doesn't work that way in, um, in 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 pharmacy compounding because the the medications aren't FDA approved. So uh, I guess my question is why not? Why can't we line the pockets as the, the the compounding pharmacy? Why can't we line the pockets the same way the whole rest of the world does? <laughs> Cut them in. Get them off our backs. <laughs> well, uh, again, the way we do that is through uh, political advocacy. Um, we are looking to elect members of Congress, and, and honestly, we don't care if they're Democrats or Republicans. We want to elect pro-patient, pro-compounding officials who understand the benefit of these therapies in the lives of millions of Americans. And we want those elected uh, members of Congress to push back against FDA overreach. It is the um, is the best way uh, that we can beat back the assault on what is really the future of medicine. I mean, customized medication is is the way that we're going, and yet we have an FDA that, through its actions, often seems to want to marginalize those uh, those therapies. Yeah. So, would you say, as as the patient, is um, compounding dot com? the best way I can help, or is there something at A4PC.org that we can do to help? A4PC.org is uh, uh, the Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding website, and you'll find useful information there. I would urge your listeners to go to compounding.com to engage with us in uh, beating back this assault on compounded hormones, and they can do that. Um, they can they can leave a testimonial if they want to, uh, and that can be written. You, you can pop a video up there. We'll take video testimonials. But the more important thing that you can do is send a message to Congress expressing concern uh, about this assault uh, on uh, compounded hormone therapy. And there is a tool on the site that will allow you to do that. If you're a reader, if you want to know the science, if you want to know the, the, the research behind all this, you'll find plenty of documentation there to help you with that as well. But the important thing right now is to reach out to members of Congress and help socialize this issue. There are a lot of members of Congress who know what compounded hormone therapy is. There are members of Congress who we understand uh, may benefit from these therapies or have family members who benefit from these therapies. There's also a lot of members of Congress that if you said uh, compounded hormone therapy or CBHT or CBHRT or um, any of these acronyms, their eyes would glaze over. They don't necessarily know what that is. And so we're in this period right now where, where FDA has suggested that it's going to restrict compounded hormones, but it hasn't yet done that. And this is the period we call it sharpening the saw. We need to be making sure Congress understands how many of their constituents benefit from these therapies and how important it is so that when FDA does act to restrict, we've got these champions already cultivated. They understand the issue and they're willing to reach out to uh, to FDA uh, and, and and push back against what what we think is egregious overreach. Do you think that uh, that we stand a chance? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I, I think I, I think FDA may underappreciate. I'm, I'm trying to say this correctly. I'm trying to be diplomatic. They may underappreciate the passion of patients who have taken or do take compounded therapies and benefit profoundly from them, and. We've got patient data that show those therapies work. Um, we think FDA is undervaluing that 
patient data, but you get those patients riled up. Yeah. You get a move afoot to deprive them of those therapies, their access to compounded medications, et cetera. And you've got a bad situation on your hands. And, and I don't know that um, FDA um, can, can take the, 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 the beating that they may get uh, when patients start reaching out to members of Congress and saying, do not deprive me of this essential therapy that has, uh, ha- has elevated my, my, my ability to, 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 to live life. Yeah. To function in a lot of cases, you know, I, I focus on the guys primarily that, Absolutely. that get the, um, the mental health aspect benefit of it. That's what we're looking for. The anxiety has gone. The depression has gone. They've come off of their SSRI medications because of the testosterone. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's profound. Yeah. Well, and if you go again, I keep plugging it. If you go to compounding.com and read through those testimonials, there are testimonials from every state for men, women, trans individuals. Um, I, I was, I, I, every time I read through them, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised and it, it's, it's, it's heartwarming and heartbreaking, too, about people who say they were on the verge of suicide. Yeah. They got compounded hormone therapy and it, 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 it changed their life. It preserved um, their life. And, and that's what we like to say about compounding. Our members compound the joy of living. We can help return individuals uh, to living life to the fullest. Uh, that's the benefit of these customized medications. Awesome. Is there anything else we need to know? Anything that's imperative that can help us fight or, or did we cover it all? I think uh, going to compounding.com, sharing your story with a member of Congress is the best thing you can do right now. If you'll, In doing so, you will also give us your email address, and we're not going to send you a bunch of spam or try to sell you anything, none of that. But do know that then we will be able to let you know if there is some um, uh, serious move by FDA to actually enforce uh, or implement uh, restrictions. So yeah. we'll let you know when we need you uh, to, to begin to reach out to Congress so, uh, in response to a, a a real effort by FDA to restrict. So really, even if we don't want to go on and do our testimony and whatnot, ha- you having our information can help unite us when the time comes. Absolutely, yeah, and 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 that and and that's essential because once FDA uh, proposes regulation. And again, I, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I, I guess it depends what the regulations say, but clearly the recommendation in the report that they manipulated, but commissions is across the board restrictions. Uh, if that's what they do, then we want to be able to mobilize um, these patients, prescribers, uh, pharmacists um, who have benefited uh, or, or uh, are, are, are interested in these therapies. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate you coming on. And um, I'll, I may reach out to you if I've got follow-up questions from listeners after the episode is aired, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and again, you've heard me talk about the policy side of it. Uh, if at some point you'd like to talk to some of our compounding pharmacists or prescribers uh, about the clinical aspects of this, we'll be happy to, to, to have someone join you. Uh, okay. Just let us know. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Thank you. Wow, guys. So here's, here's the thing. Um, I know a lot of that, at least for me, is hard to understand. You know, Scott's a very educated man. He's in a space or he's talking about a space that he's been in for a long time, but I think this is real. You know, I think that there's reason to be concerned. Um, I think that we need to act on this. We need to go check out compounding.com. 
we need to probably give our testimonies and at the very least give them our email addresses so that we can be uh, notified when the time comes that we may need to stand up and fight. And check out a4pc.org. That's the Alliance for Pharmacy Compounding website. And I've been on there. There's there's some good information there. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT community. 